0: I do want to give thanks to the Lord, too, for working out these, this trip for us that we are able to spend yes. the Lord's Day with you, brethren. So, uh, Sister Sharon and I both greet you in the name of the Lord, and I also bring uh, greetings uh, to you all <clears throat> from a fellowship in Northwest Indiana. We greet you as <clears throat> fellows, fellow strangers and pilgrims in this world and as such we have commonalities there are commonalities to all the strangers and pilgrims in this world here here in this world here in this world we have no continuing city we have this commonality but we also seek one to come here we do not pilgrimage aimlessly we do not, we, yet we do count this world as not our homeland. But we do desire a better country, a heavenly country, with a home that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. However, before we take full residence in that home, we sojourn through a world which has no provisions, no resources, or no helps for our new creature in Christ Jesus. Yes, right. When we were born again, we were constituted strangers in this world. Yes. And the glorified Christ sent us forth on a pilgrimage yeah. yes. when he said, yeah. Go forth, yeah. show yourselves. Show what great things God has done for you and hath compassion on thee. And so, when we were released and set forth from the prison of sin and death, we did not go out empty-handed. We came out with divine provisions and divine resources through our Lord Jesus Christ. These commonalities that we have in Christ Jesus are such. We have tender new mercies every morning. Blessed be the Lord God, who daily loaded us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. And I encourage you not to be concerned with that load of benefits that it might be too great for you. For when we were brought forth out of the captivity, the scripture declares there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Amen. See, the new creature in Christ is not feeble when it comes to concerning the benefits that are loaded upon us daily. And we have boldness yeah. to draw near to the throne of grace, where we do obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need now these are all common benefits and resources to all those that are in Christ Jesus and they are given unto us to strengthen us, to encourage us, to continue in our good fight of faith but these are not the full commonalities that the strangers and pilgrims have in this earth we also encounter trials we also encounter testings and times of being cast down, in times of persecution, in times of sufferings that we are given by the Lord Jesus, but with that also comes the strength to bear them. While we do not all encounter exactly the same kinds or with the same intensity, yet these are all common accompaniments. To the strangers and pilgrims in this earth. Amen. But the good news of the gospel declares that because of the exalted and glorified Christ, mm-hmm. these trials, mm-hmm. these times of persecutions, and these sufferings are all working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. And the gospel declares that these di- divine provisions. The exceeding greatness of his power, we're talking about the power of the exalted and glorified Christ, is directed to usward who believe. Yes. Amen. And through these provisions and benefits, again, given to us by the glorified Christ, it's not only to bring us safely through this present evil world, but also are readying us. To stand before the Son of Man when he returns and to ready us to dwell fully in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. To fully behold his beauty and to inquire of him in his temple even face to face. So I want to minister today unto you a particular provision of the Lord for us, for all his sojourners and pilgrims in this world, and that provision is holy brethren. These brethren are given us by the Lord to sojourn with us in as fellow pilgrims and strangers in the in the earth. And such ones, they are vital. They are vital unto our continuance and perseverance. They were vital to the continuance and perseverance of the Apostle Paul in his high calling of God in Christ Jesus and unto his obtaining the outcome of God's working in each of us. Not only was this outcome for the Apostle Paul, it is the outcome for all the pilgrims and strangers in this world. And the brother read our text for us. Saying in verse 13 in 2 Thessalonians 2: We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, yes. brethren, beloved of the Lord. Amen. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Amen. Whereunto he called you. By our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the God determined outcome for the strangers and pilgrims in this earth to year. To every in each and one of the sojourns and pilgrims in this earth yeah. is unto the obtaining, yeah. talking about the full obtaining yeah. of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, the response of the apostle being bound to give thanks to God was not so much from a commandment viewpoint. It wasn't from a commandment viewpoint. It wasn't from a legalistic perspective, but rather it came from his closeness to God, from him knowing and understanding God and that which he promised to provide and and to do for all of us. He saw, the apostles saw these things occurring in the Thessalonians and he recognized that it was a work of God. He saw that these ones were God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. Mm -hmm. And through their good works, the apostle broke forth in giving thanks and glory to God for them. Remember of the account of the Thessalonians conversion. The apostle said that they received the word in much affliction. affliction, affliction from the Jews that believed not the preaching of Paul concerning Christ. These ones uttered threatenings against them. They employed lewd fellows of the baser sought to cause them harm. They incited the rulers and authorities of the city against them, even to the assaulting of one whose name was Jason, which was one of the saints. Yeah. But by the grace of God, none of these afflictions, none of these persecutions, none of these trials deterred these saints yeah. from continuing in the faith. Yeah. And from not show, showing, the charity of every one of you all toward each other from abounding. Yeah. They were abounding in the midst of persecutions yeah. Yeah. and trials. This was not only seen by the Apostle Paul. This was seen by those that were with him. Because he says, we, we we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. So Paul and those that were with him recognized these Thessalonian saints as a mighty working of God. For the scripture does declare God is a mighty worker. and he hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. To all those that know the Lord and his Son, Jesus Christ, they have been taught to recognize the working of the Lord and of his Son, Jesus Christ. And they do declare that God's works are wonderful in every sense of the word, and that they are not only remembered amongst the people of all generations, but they are remembered by the heavenly hosts in the heavenly places. See, it was from their knowledge of God and of his son and of their works, the apostles and those that were with him were bound to give thanks always to God for the brethren. And we likewise as we see God's working, are bound also to do the same. All of these, all of all of the ones that are in Christ, not only in the ones that we fellowship, we're talking about all the ones that are in Christ Jesus, they are brethren. Right. Not only one to another, mm-hmm. but one of another. Yeah, right. Because they are Jesus's brethren. That's right members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Through, these, through the ministry of the Apostle, we are given to see the mind and the heart of God himself concerning the brethren of his beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, whom he counts as the beloved of the Lord yes, amen. this is how brethren of the Lord are noted from the throne of the Most High God amen. furthermore God has chosen to save all such ones and he has determined to do this from the beginning and he has devised means these are chosen means of God to accomplish this in the brethren. Not only is the outcome determined by God, but also the devised means of God for this outcome to come to pass, just as God has purposed it to be so. It is a divine working. He determined this from the beginning. Before there was a heavens and an earth. He determined this from the beginning to save them. And it was going to be from through sanctification of the Spirit. And there's an and here. And. There's, not a period, there's not a period after sanctification of the Spirit. Yes. It's an and mm-hmm. the brethren's involvement in this work of sanctification. It's through the belief of the truth. Mm-hmm. And it is through the gospel that you were called with this eternal purpose of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And because God is an eternal and everlasting God, his working in the brethren is not anchored or obtained only for temporality or for the meager years of time. God's working in the brethren is anchored in his very person. And therefore, it is unto the obtainment of the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is the revealed most high and wonderful outcome of God's working in the brethren. These ones who are beloved of the Lord. Now, these things that are declared in the scripture of this highness of God's working for his people. Some might be tempted to think. I'm talking about obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some might be tempted to think, can this really be for me? Can this be true? Well, the scripture declares this is not only can it be true. It is true. This is what God is doing. This is the determined outcome that God is working unto that you obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, which means we are to believe it because God said it that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And the apostle will open up throughout the scriptures here, throughout his epistles, this glorious outcome of what it means to be saved. We are encouraged and we encourage one another. Not to have too small thoughts about God. Two small thoughts about God promote too small thoughts about His great salvation. He came into the world, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And He is doing this through our Lord Jesus Christ to this outcome of obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Declaring these things to God's people is a powerful enablement to our faith. Amen. So much so that the apostles ministered this to the churches that they had went to Amen. when they preached the gospel. They were preaching strongness, stability, establishment, empowerment for the people to continue to endure to the end. <coughs> to the beloved of God in Rome, Paul spoke of Christ's return coming in judgment. That great day of judgment when the glorified Christ returns according to the righteous judgment of God when the fullness of his goodness and severity will be sentenced out. Uh And he reveals that the saints will all have a part in that day. This is what he said to the beloved of Rome in the second chapter of Romans, beginning in verse 6. He said of of Christ's righteous return, he will render to every man according to his deeds to them by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality. You're going to get it. Eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, Mm -hmm. of the Jew first, but also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For those, <clears throat> for those that are seeking for glory, honor, and immortality, this will flow forth from that which Paul in his Thessalonians take text spoke of, is by belief of the truth. Yes. You're believing that God has ordained to, for you to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ? You're going to seek after. That's what sister's Amen. word was. The Lord said unto me, Seek my, thy faith. I'm going to seek your face. Right. It's flowing forth from your faith, uh-huh. from your belief of the truth. It is by faith that we now seek for glory, honor, and immortality because God has revealed to us that is what he's purposed to give unto us. Amen. It is by faith that empowers us enables us to continue in our life, in our long-seeking by patient continuance in well-doing. Our personal involvement in this is required. This text makes that plain. It involves the whole of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. But the promise is the enabler. It is promised that all such who by patience, continuance, and well-doing seek after glory, honor, and immortality, the outcome is sure, eternal life. To the church of God that was in Corinth, to strengthen the brethren there in their times of affliction, in their times of testings, in order to enable them to continue in the faith, Paul again declared the outcome of their faith. He said this in his second epistle to the Corinthians in the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 14. This is faith speaking, because he says, We have believed, therefore we have spoken. So here's faith speaking. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus And shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. For which cause we faint not. Mm -hmm. But though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And God is faithful. Yes, amen. He goes on to say, For our light affliction, light. our light affliction, Amen. which is but for a moment, worketh for us right. a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. Now, for the saints who are passing through these afflictions, these testings, these persecutions, these sufferings, they can only be declared to be light in the knowledge and the understanding of the exceeding, far more exceeding and great way to eternal glory. If you are not armed with this knowledge of God's promise and working, I don't think you're gonna call it light. You are able to pass through them in view of the glory that still is to come. And the Apostle Peter, in his first epistle he encouraged the strangers and pilgrims who inhabited these large areas of land in Asian, the Asian continent by declaring unto them the outcome of their pilgrimage here. Yeah. He said this in First Peter 5:10, but the God of all grace. Mm-hmm who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There are divine provisions for the strangers and the pilgrims in this life, and they are coming unto you from the God of all grace, Amen. and He is faithful, and He is able to get that grace to you, Amen. as it is written, Psalm eighty four eleven: The Lord will give grace and glory. Amen. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. Amen. See, He's directing that power to usward who believe. God does provide this grace to those who are suffering for a while by declaring to the suffering brethren what God has ordained of the outcome for them. They have been called unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Throughout his epistles, the apostles do affirm that which God has purposed for the brethren, for those who are beloved of the Lord, in order that they partake of and participate in his eternal glory, a divine working that is occurring in the brethren even now. For we are being changed from glory to glory. That's right. God is even enduring which much long suffering those vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, in order that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared for glory. Amen. Even us That's right. whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Amen. It's unto the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as God hath said through his prophets, ye shall know that I have not done without cause all that I have done. See, there is a divine cause or a divine purpose for which God is working all things. And according to what Paul is saying, it's unto our obtaining that glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Obtaining this glory is in connection with that which God himself desires for his people. We're talking about the fullness here, which he spoke about. He began to speak about these things way back in Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. He was revealing, he was beginning to reveal and open up and show the reality of his accomplishing his very purpose and desire for his people. And so I would like to make these a connection from the early revelation of God concerning his purpose and its reality that it has come to pass yes. in the book of Revelation. It is. It is. Amen. What is spoken of and revealed is according to God's eternal purpose. It's according to the good pleasure of his will. And it is an absolute and everlasting reality. But in order for man to partake of this and participate in it, we have to see the glory of God himself and what would be required for his people to dwell in his presence. I'm talking about dwelling in the full presence of the holy, holy, holy God. Dwelling with him that is the high and lofty one, the one who inhabits eternity, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see. In order for men to come into the presence of this one, a mighty working of God must occur. Amen. <clears throat> and it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that declares the good news in the giving of the new covenant. For without the provisions of the new covenant, which Jesus Christ himself is the embodiment and fullness thereof, the separation that sin created between God and man, his creation, man, would still the separation would still be an ongoing reality. <clears throat> the gospel reveals that all that God has purposed and willed has been and is being and will be performed by in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. All that Christ is in his very person and all that is revealed concerning him concerning his birth concerning his life, concerning his death, concerning his burial, concerning his resurrection from the dead, concerning his ascension, concerning his exaltation and glorification to the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, is essential to God's purposed outcome for his people. Amen. Amen. Apart from Christ Jesus... There is no one or nothing that could be unto the fulfilling of that which God has purposed and desired from the beginning. And he has spoken this desire and his purpose from the beginning. And he has said it throughout the scriptures. He says, I will dwell in them. And I will walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. He began to make this purpose and desire of himself known, and he began to show him through the things like the pattern that he had showed Moses on the mount. This pattern was given, was that of the tabernacle in the wilderness, which we now know served unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. All things that were shown to Moses pertain to God. All of them. Each represented a particular aspect of God's holiness and righteousness and what would be required to be fulfilled for man to partake of and participate in that which God desired of him. And throughout the pattern that was shown to Moses There were things that God said was because of his desire. Things like, I want a place prepared for me so that I can meet with you. A place prepared so that I can commune with you. A place prepared that I could talk to you. Throughout throughout Exodus, the book of Exodus, these things are, are revealed to us. Yet with all that God had revealed of his purpose and his desire to be amongst his people there remained one major obstacle the veil there was a veil of separation a veil which by which man could not come into the presence of God a veil put there by God himself as a mercy lest any enter in and die. Leviticus Uh 16.2 Except for one day a year Uh when God would be merciful to their unrighteousness. He would let them in, but only the high priest in that for a very short period of time. (laughs) In the account from the tabernacle was completed. And again, when Solomon completed his temple, it says the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, filled the temple. But no one could come in. That's right. Even the tabernacle Moses couldn't enter. And in the time of Solomon the priests couldn't enter when the glory of the Lord came into the into the yes. tabernacle. But God but God The gospel announces that the provisions of the tabernacle and the temple were not the substance of fulfilling of God's purpose and desire for his people. They were but a shadow or a type, but they were pointing to the one who would fulfill all of God's good pleasure. That being God's beloved son, our Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture is the record that God has given of his son, including the types and shadows that are shown to us in Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, making known the greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ to accomplish and to fulfill that all of all that was required of him, from his birth to his death, to his resurrection, to his ascension, and to his exaltation to the right hand of the throne of God. In Jesus... God has provided that better thing for us than the types and shadows of the tabernacle and the temple. Amen. In Jesus, God provided a better sacrifice than that of sheep and oxen. Yes. In Jesus, God provided a better blood than the blood of bulls and of goats. Amen. In Jesus, we have a better mediator than Moses. Yes. And in Jesus, we, right now, we have the first fruit fulfillment of God dwelling in us Amen. and Him walking in us. Yes. In Jesus, we have the reality of God being our God yes. and we being His people with the fullness, the fullness still yet to come. That's right. We have just the first fruit tasting now with the promise of the fullness to come. And that fullness, in order for that fullness to be realized in us, we need the obtainment of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. All that Jesus has accomplished and all that he is doing now and that which he shall fulfill in each of us reveals the exceeding magnitude and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's it's far exceeding than even words that we speak to able to describe it. And yet the Holy Spirit uses words to talk about it. Yes, words that we're able to hold onto right. and to and to bear and to believe. The gospel declares in words Words that the Holy Spirit teaches that after Jesus accomplished all that he was sent to accomplish in the earth by his death, he rose from the dead. Yeah. He ascended into heaven and let the good news resound in the hearts of the people of God, those who are beloved of the Lord concerning the, lo- the glory of the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus entered yeah. in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. Jesus entered not by the blood of goats and of calves but by his own blood. And Jesus not, entered not into the holy place of the earthly tabernacle and temple those made by hands for they are just figures of Of the true. Jesus entered into heaven itself, Mm -hmm. now to appear in the presence of God for us. Amen. Amen. Hear this good news a man, the man Christ Jesus, has entered into the presence of God and he did not die. Amen. The man, Christ Jesus, consider the greatness of this man. He is declared to be a better high priest than that of Aaron. He continueth in his priesthood forever. The man, Christ Jesus, with his entering into the holy and heavenly place, declares the effectualness of his atoning death. And of the offering of his blood to God for us. For by it, the veil of separation between God and man has been torn asunder. It was accomplished by the death of the man, Christ Jesus. And that man has entered into that holy place. And Jesus... The man Christ Jesus entering in reveals his greater glory for he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is no created being, be it an angel, a cherubim, a seraphim, any principality or power or any other being that has this glory. Only Jesus has it. That's right. The man, Christ Jesus. And in salvation, on that day of Pentecost, the day of the first fruits of the Lord was, were brought into the house of the Lord when 3,000 souls believed the gospel. They were brought in. Yes. Never occurred in the Old Covenant. Yes. Here it is on the first day, 3,000 souls yes. brought in. And while the brethren, the beloved of the Lord, <clears throat> have obtained the first fruits of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the scripture declares, we now have access through Christ by one spirit unto the Father. Ephesians 2:18. In Christ we have boldness and access with confidence confidence in all that Jesus has accomplished and continues to do by the faith of him. Ephesians 3.12, we come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Hebrews 4.16, and having obtained the first fruits of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, we, by faith, are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, Hebrews twelve twenty-two, where God does, in truth, meet with us amen. and commune with us yes. and talks with us. Our access now to the Father is by faith. Yes. Yes, amen. But with the promise of fullness still to come, And that has to do and will occur when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Then, then then shall ye, then shall ye also appear with with him in glory. Colossians 3, 4. Our acceptance before God, Mm -hmm. our being worthy to stand in his presence our being his people and he being our God and he meeting with us and communing with us and talking with us is because of Jesus. Amen. Both now and forever. Only the person in Christ and in whom Christ dwells is alive unto God. And as such, Christ is our life Mm -hmm. in all aspects. For he that hath the Son hath life. Amen. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Amen. And the good news continues through the Gospel. Jesus always is faithful to his Father. Amen. So there's a last, the last remaining part of us that prevents us from coming into the presence of God, and that being these vile bodies has to be done away with. and It it shall be done away with. When He shall appear, Mm -hmm. when Jesus appears, He shall change our vile bodies that it might be fashioned like unto His glorious body. Then, then, Mm -hmm. then we also shall appear with Him in glory. We shall appear with Jesus having been glorified to meet with our God and to commune with our God and to talk with our God. Then shall the fullness of that one thing which David desired of the Lord and that one thing that he sought after shall come to pass in fullness, that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. And we shall behold the beauty of the Lord, and inquire in his temple, even face to face. Amen. God wanted his people to know that he has accomplished this by Christ Jesus. And so he gave a vision to John while he was on the Isle of Patmos. And I want to finish by reading this text unto you, brethren. It's found in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. This is what what, what John was given to see. The accomplished work of Christ. Mm -hmm. He saw the new heaven and a new earth. Mm -hmm. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. I, John, saw. He's testifying what he saw. Mm -hmm. He saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared. As a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and shall be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for for these words are true and they are faithful. And he said unto me, It's done. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely, and he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. To this end, I exhort you, brethren, as the apostle Paul did to the Thessalonians. Amen. To those, brethren, to those ones beloved of the Lord. He says, stand fast.
1: Yes.
0: Stand fast, brethren. Stand fast. Hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. And he pronounced this benediction in prayer for them. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, mm-hmm. and God, even our Father, which hast loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, yes. establish you in every good word and work. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.